Welcome to Two Pete in a Podcast, where we will talk about child health from birth right away through to adolescence, dealing with issues of illness, development, and everything else that is of importance. Hello, and welcome to part two of our series on fevers. I am Dr. Michael Platten, and with me I have Simon Strawn. My friend and colleague, once Hi. again. Hi, Mark. Good to Hi. be back. Mm. Having a good day? Yep, thanks. I am. Awesome. So, right. So, what we're going into today is, why does my child have a fever? So, often we get moms that come in, or parents come in, and they say, I don't know why. There's nothing else going on with them, but they just have a fever. So, we wanted to unpack that and step through why a fever happens, how it happens, and also common causes for fevers or things to be on the lookout for. So that if you see that your child all of a sudden has a fever, what else are you looking for? Okay, so if we think about why why a child gets a fever, well, let's think that if your child is infected with some bug, so your child's been at school, at creche, comes home, and there's lots of stuff going around, and now suddenly your child gets a fever. So when your body gets infected with these bugs, whatever they are, the immune system, our immune system is what protects us. And the first thing that your immune system is going to do is to see this bug that your child has just picked up and know that it's not supposed to be in the body. Mm. Okay? So the soldiers mount... Right. So your immune system says, right, what, what can I do to kill this bug? And the first thing it's going to do is it is going to have a general reaction. And that general reaction is to create a fever. So how does it do this? So do you know that your child's immune system at the time of birth is able to identify every single virus and bacteria on this planet and know which ones are good and which ones are bad? So if a bad one comes in, immediately the immune system starts sending SMSs around the body. And they do this by little cell types. And these cells rush around and they make chemicals. And the chemicals tell the brain, increase the temperature. So it's like changing the thermostat. Exactly. So, yeah, so it's like, going, it's like looking at your aircon with a little remote control and going, chuk, 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 up goes that temperature. Push up the temperature. So the brain says, right. I'm going to push this body temperature up to, say, 39 degrees. At that moment that the brain says, I'm going to be 39 degrees, the body starts to increase energy usage to try and push up the body temperature. That's because the body then feels that it's cold. Two exactly. degrees cold, like it's cooler, like it's 37. It needs to be at 39. So what do you do, so, when, what do, you do when you're cold? You generally shiver, hey? Yeah, so uh, this is what we went through in part one. Like, what are the signs of uh, fever? Yeah. And that's shivering. Shivering makes your muscles move. Mm. That generates heat and increases the temperature. Yeah. Now... Makes your heart beat faster. Yes. Makes you breathe a bit faster. faster. Yeah, and also, because your body's trying to conserve heat to push up this fever, you're going to feel that the cold, the hands are, and feet are cold, because that's where we mm. lose a lot of heat. Mm. The head is going to be hot, and the body's going to be hot. Now... As we get closer to that 39, because you're now making lots and lots and lots of heat, you're going to overshoot a bit. Or the body's going to overshoot. Just above 39. And when it hits that point, then you are hot. You feel hot. You start sweating. 
Because your brain says, hang on a second. I said 39, not 39.5. Yeah. So cool yourself down. Mm. So that's how you start to perspire. And that's how you cool yourself down again. And you start shaking. And you start shivering. So what have we just said? We've said that it's a normal immune system response. We said it's generated by these chemicals in the body that talk to the brain. And we've also said that whether you treat a fever or not, it will come down by itself. So the fever will go up and come down and go up and come down for as long as whatever is causing it, let's say it's a virus, is in the system and is and is requiring that the immune system fight against it. Does that make sense? Mm. Probably. So, so that it, so that we keep, so the virus, so the virus, for simply, if the virus is going to last three or four days, you're going to have a fever, fever for three, three or four, four days. days. Yes. If you give some medication or something to control the fever, it will just help to bring it down a bit, but the body is always going to try and generate a fever. Mm. So that's what it's about. That's why we were saying in the first one, let's look just at fever. Uh, and when your child has a fever, try and control the fever and we'll look at all the other things that can happen. So what are these other things? What are the causes, Mike, that we need to look at around these fevers? So every system in the body can get an infection. So that's sinuses, ears, lungs, stomach, intestines, skin, everything. So if your child has a runny nose, a snotty nose, they can come with a fever. If they have an ear infection, might have some pain around the ear, uh, scratching at the ear, but they have a fever. Very commonly, there are, well, there's a lot of childhood viruses that cause fever and then a rash. Something like baby measles or roseola, where you have a very high fever, 38, 39, 40 degrees for two days, and then a day later, the fever's, well, the fever's gone, and then within 24 hours, they have a rash. Well, that's a good one, because that roseola, the fever can last up to five days. And that's generally, I think, a, a thing that we use, is if we're seeing children, and when we examine them, there really is only a fever. We'll generally kind of go for two days or so and say, don't worry about it. After two days, maybe do an examination, make sure there's nothing else. But certainly I do. If there's nothing else, I'll say to the moms, look, if the fever's going up and down and the baby's coping with it, after mm. we're not really going to worry until yeah. after five days. Yeah. As long as there's nothing else. Yes. Just so, so four to five days, as long as there's nothing else. Or if we have an identifiable cause. Yes. So a runny nose, they can have fevers, like you say, for, for three, three, four, five days. Because a runny nose is not because you left the window open and you caught a cold. <laughs> no, you, you, you runny nose exposed to yeah, an infection. So they are viruses. I mean, they are viruses that do this. And, and, and they're all the way, everywhere. They're everywhere. If a child has never seen a virus before, they are going to get it. And, and if their immune system is robust, as they should be, in other words, if the immune system is going to react the way it's supposed to react. We wanted to have a fever. <laughs> yes. There's going to be a fever. Well, that's, going to, that's an appropriate response. Yes. Hmm. Okay, so other causes quickly of uh, fevers are a bladder infection. That is if they are peeing very small amounts, very frequently, very uncomfortable, crying when they when they pass urine. Uh, of, often with vaccinations, you can get a fever. Simon, this is your field. What do you want to say about it? <laughs> yeah, so so that's real. I mean, after vaccination, you know that ninety five percent of children who get vaccinations have no serious side effect whatsoever. Mm. Only about five percent of children who get a vaccination are going to get a fever of over 38 after the vaccination. That's not surprising. I mean, you've given the child a vaccine to say to the immune system, please react to this thing and then remember it. Mm. And, and when the immune system reacts, 
even if the, I mean, the vaccine is not going to make the child sick with what you've, so if you give the child a measles vaccine, you not only get measles, measles. from the vaccine, yeah. but you still need your immune system to respond. And you're going to have the same, similar symptoms because it's fight, it's building up yeah. an immunity. But, and the, and the mm-hmm. fever will last a day or two, but it's not going to, it's, it happens in very few children. Yeah. And okay, what is your view just on this, on giving paracetamol before vaccination? Because I'm against it. Yeah, I am against it completely. So I'm against it for a number of reasons. I'm against it, first of all, because I don't like to use medication unless you absolutely have to, mm. number one. Mm. I think that's a general thing for all our medications. 100%. Yeah. We, we are as little as possible, but when necessary. Yeah, num- number two is the fact that, um, as I've said, only 5% of children are going to get it. So 95% of cases are giving Panada for no reason or Paracetamol mm. for no reason. Um, and the third is that there, in, in fact, is some evidence that with some of the vaccines, if you're giving paracetamol before the vaccine, that you may reduce the how well mm. the child responds to that vaccine, and therefore then how well child the child is protected. So, mm. yeah. So try steer clear. If you're so, concerned, then let us know. That's right. Steer clear. You know, after the, after the vaccine is done, if your child does develop a fever over 38.5, by all means, give some paracetamol, but mm. only in that situation. Yeah. I think we, we've gone quite a bit far off. So let's pull back. Okay. Last thing is, look at how many layers of clothing your child is wearing. Normally we'd say one layer more than you, but if they are having a fever, you can dress them down. And if you, the child's temperature, your child's temperature is 38.5 and they have one vest plus three onesies and two blankets <laughs> around, they're going to be hot. Try dress them down, recheck it in about half an hour and then make a decision on whether you're worried or not. Make sense? It does Happy? make sense. Yep, it does okay. make sense. Alrighty, so that's part two. We're going to go into part three in the next episode, and that is how to take a temperature actually. And then part four will be how to treat a fever. So if your child has allowed you to, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. If you found this of value, please be sure to sign up to our email list at www.care4kids.co.za, and that's the numeral four, and subscribe in your favorite podcast app or follow us on Facebook. At Two Peter in a Podcast. At Two Peter in a Podcast. T-W-O, not the numerical two. This is our disclaimer. The information we have given you in this podcast is our own personal professional opinion. We're giving it to you for your own information. Please don't use it to treat yourself or to treat anybody else. Rather, go and see your own medical healthcare provider and follow their advice.